What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you're truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we playfully explore topics from money to magic, healing to wholeness, creation, relationship, business, and more. There's no place we won't go. Nothing too wacky or weird in the quest to live as grand a life as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stauffer are the embodiment of opposites attract. And the result is true synergistic power. Partnered in love and in business, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Do, 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 do. Oh, hello. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stauffer. Happy, happy hump day, everybody. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. My scooter's working. All is well in the world. Welcome. <laughs> I think that actually rhymed. <laughs> really? I love it when yeah. that happens. I know, it's so random. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. I know, makes me happy too. Mm-hmm. Good morning, everybody. Hello, hello. Uh. <laughs> that's all you got? It's going to be that's a long show, sister. I know. <laughs> it's going to be a long show. Yeah. <laughs> so, how about you um, read our copy and then we can kind of leap off from there. Yeah, so our our show today is Breaking Up is Hard to Do. We know a lot about this. Um, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> we we feel, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour thing about like yeah. after that, that you become masterful at a thing. Yes. I think mm-hmm. that might apply here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're professionals when it comes to um, breaking up and not breaking up um, from each other, from ourselves, from previous people. Uh, we've been in this relationship relationship game a long time. And it's really interesting because um, in our society, romantic relationship has been this thing that Megan and I really don't agree with. Um, you know, like the, the standard that you should be in this um, monogamous um, relationship for, you know, 50, 60 years and that that's what a successful relationship is, you know. And um, I've never really believed in that. Um, I've I've always considered a successful relationship, a relationship that you juice, that you learn from, and then if it needed to be completed, that you moved on. And, you know, especially when, you know, with access consciousness, they talk about relationships as like that you cut off your arms and legs to um, fit into some mold, to some box, to some expectation of your partner, and you lose you. And I can't tell you how many, probably hundreds, maybe over a thousand people that I've coached now um, over the last seven years that talk about relationship and the challenge of romantic relationship. And, um, you know, Megan and I, as you all know, or, or if you don't know, we've been in partnership almost 10 years, and that has looked really, really different over that 10 years, and it's still changing all the time. And so 
today we really wanted to dive into what it means, you know, what relationship means and what, um, what is possible when you, when you evolve the idea of relationship, you know, when you evolve the idea of, of what society tells you and you tune into what's true for you. And we're going to, you know, um, also tell you what's happening in our relationship because ours is forever growing and moving and changing. And this is our point, is if you're a conscious individual on this planet, there's no way that your relationships can't, that, that they can stay static. They also need to change with you, you know? Um, so, whew. We're going to get yeah. on a soapbox, people. We're going to get on a soapbox. Bam. We're just warning you. Bam, bam. We're going mm-hmm. to clear some interesting points of view about what relationship has meant um, and what it has, what it means. And, you know, maybe, just maybe you can start to get to your truth because this is the deal, yo. Just because Megan and I are doing relationship a particular way doesn't mean that we're we're saying you need to do it that way. We're just asking you to not just follow in the footsteps of mom and dad or the society, but actually choose in, connect in, and um, and find out what your truth is. Find out what your version is. Find out what works for you. Booyah! So I think what's really interesting is that the, the literal definition of relationship is the distance between two points. So first of all, the thing that we're calling what it is we do uh, one-on-one or, or one-on-two or however many we have, like even the word relationship connotates this sort of structure of distance, which I think is super interesting, right? Um, my, when I went through uh, my relationships coaching, like to because to, um, I work with couples and I'm trained and certified with the Hendricks Institute, Gay and Katie Hendricks, who... Um, are the I would say the preeminent relationship coaches. They're, they they're the relationship coaches coaches. You know, and one of the things that they their their definition of a relationship was my very favorite, and it is to to genuinely appreciate another's way of being. To genuinely appreciate another's way of being, and I love that because it's not about you know, what can you do for me? Who are you for me? What can I get from you? What do I need from you? And, you know, most, I would say, and I don't know, I know you work with a lot of couples too, hun, but I would say that probably 95% of the relationships on the planet are need-based. You know, it's like, I need this from you and you need this from me. And so let's get together and make a family. That rhymed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um so, you know, the um, uh, that sort of come from, it creates this lack mentality and it creates this codependency where it's like, um, I'm not okay without you, you know. And then there's the other side of the, of the spectrum, which is what we call the railroad track relationship. It's like, yeah, we're great. We never have conflict. We never have any upsets. Well, we don't even really talk, so <laughs> and, and we live together a little bit. 
part-time yeah. <laughs> in some formation that's considered relationship. We have a piece of paper mm-hmm. that says we're married, but I don't think I've actually had a real conversation with this person for about three weeks. <laughs> if maybe three that. weeks, I was going to say three years. <laughs> like literally, there's there's couples that have come for coaching. That literally, when I say turn to your partner and tell them what you appreciate about them, right? To genuinely appreciate another's way of being, they can't even look at each other in the eyes. And it's not because there's all this conflict. It's because they're so the distance between two points is like between here and Africa, you know. <laughs> and so. <laughs> current distance between the points. And so um, one of the other things is that, and this speaks to what Suzanne was talking about, which is that, um, you know, we're, we are infinite beings. We're infinite. And I would, I would add to that. We are infinitely expanding. We, in consciousness, when you really step onto a conscious path and when you really tap the energy of the universe, what you will sense and see is that there is constant expansion, constant growth. And it's like, you know, the only thing that we can count on is change, right? Is like, when taxes apparently. <laughs> I, I choose to pot and pock that. Maybe there'll be a day without pa- taxes. But, you know, the the change is always occurring like if you look at the earth, there's always, even though it looks, I'm looking out my window and there's this beautiful tree outside, it's like, you know, it's always, the little molecules are always morphing and moving and in a couple of months that tree might change the leaf colors and it's always changing, always growing. And we live in an infinite expanding universe and as we expand, we literally co-create with the universe and we expand the universe all together. So anytime you try to take anything, anything in your life and you try to put it in a box, boop, 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 you're literally going against the universe. You're literally going to create a structure that actually um, uh, is like swimming up a waterfall, right? And it's like no wonder we have like a 65% divorce rate because the box called relationship, you know, um, was in, in its current form. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit because it really has impacted what we're choosing with relationship. But... um when, um, so I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just want to, I was going to try to fake it there, but I really just, I was on a roll. Brain. I got so excited. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I know what I was going to say. Why? Here's the dealio. If you wanted to go to New York City, would you take a horse and buggy? Probably not. Not if you wanted to get there within the next, say, year, right? Like, if you wanted to go to New York City this weekend, would you take a horse and buggy? So why are you trying to take the same mode of transportation as your grandmother and great-grandmother in relationship? The, the, the way that we have set up the nuclear family right now is based on, like, 200 years ago. Did you want to talk? I thought what you said the other day was so fascinating about the Industrial Revolution and how, really, for the first time in history, we're, we're um, uh, isolated. So, say more about yeah. that. 
Yeah, so it's really interesting because it used to be that we lived on farms um, and that we lived on farms with with our whole family, with uncle and grandma and grandpa and, you know, and so there was multiple generations in one household. With the Industrial Revolution, um, we all started to come into the city and then it was just mom and dad and children. And so what used to be like a community effort, you know, like um, women cooking and cleaning and, you know, doing things in the family, you know, and, and taking care of the children and multiple, you know, fathers and sons and grandfathers and uncles, um, you know, going out and farming the land where it was like a community. It was like a village, right, that was that was involved. Now um, it's with since the Industrial Revolution that um, it's this nuclear family, family this um, mom and dad and children. And so the roles that, you know, people have to take on um, to create um, and to raise these children and to create a living is there's a lot more hats being placed on one person. And then you take into account that, you know, monogamy basically is like only a hundred years old um, and that, you know, love and marriage, like marriage for love is a very new concept. And so you you um, bring those things together and it creates a huge pressure for um, for one man and one woman or one woman and one woman or one man and one man and their children to um, to create and fulfill all the needs um, that go on. And so it's a wonder that um, it feels so difficult, you know, because you're talking about this one person not only being your your the most amazing lover, but you're also your number one confidant, but also the one that um, makes the money, but also the one that is fully involved in taking care of the children. Um, and so it's just a ton of pressure, right? Um, that is, that just does not, um, that one person can't fulfill. The idea, I, mean, I think this is just such a ridiculous idea that you have um, you know, a partnership and supposedly that one person is supposed to fulfill all of your needs for everything, you know, for intimacy, for communication, for, um, you know, travel, for adventure, all of your needs. There's, do you know that we have like, um, I don't know, like the, um, uh, nonviolent communication talks about, um, our needs, um, like a list of needs that is kind of the human condition. And I think there's like a hundred on the list. So uh, can you imagine one person being able to fulfill all of those needs? Because often with um, people now, they're so busy working and taking care of the kids that they don't even have a lot of time to um, create friendships, you know. So then the friendship and then the friendships go by the wayside, and so you literally are isolated and have one person that, you know, and maybe some casual acquaintances at work um, or your neighbors, um, and maybe you see your extended family, you know, every once in a while, and that's supposed to be fulfilling. Like, I, it's ridiculous to, to me that's just the most ridiculous thing to think that that, you know, that that's going to 
work. And so no wonder, I can't tell you how many, I mean, women specifically that I've talked to just even in the last like two weeks, three weeks, probably a dozen different women who are like, I am so unhappy. Um, I'm trying my hardest um, in my relationship with my children, in my career, and I feel so isolated and alone. Did I just go on and on and on and on and on? You you did, but I thought the information was very relevant, very timely, and very helpful. That's how I felt about it. So I I just want to add, what is actually the, what does nuclear actually mean? I'm not sure we want to be having nuclear anything, really. Um, But it's, 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 one of the things that um, I really love about Access Consciousness is they talk about um, being able to receive from everyone and all things. And that as an infinite being, we require all energies. And we require to receive and give all energies. And so one of the things that I see happen when people go into a traditional relationship is they isolate, they insulate and isolate. And so they stop receiving from other people, right? And they stop, like, it, they, they're scared to be attracted to anything or anyone else, right? And so they shut down their sexual energy. Well, the impact on their sex life when they shut down their sexual energy, not good, you know, not good, Romeo. So it's like this whole process of what we've done with relationships is, is basically to isolate ourselves in a nuclear dilemma, you know, and um, <laughs> I think that if the relationships that I see that are monogamous, where that's actually their truth, right? They're, it, it's, they've consciously chosen that for themselves, um, that are, they're very, like, they're very aware of their sexual energy. They um, are, you know, attractions are normal, and they have really clear agreements about, you know, how they handle those attractions, you know what I mean? And so it's really, um, it's not that that we're not saying monogamy is not a good choice. We're saying do it consciously and, and don't cut yourself off and don't put so much definition on it that you end up, like, not being you. Like, you start giving away parts of you, and, and people call that compromise. Like, compromise is one of, like, the worst things you can do in relationship. The resentment that comes on the back end of compromise is like, you know, not good. And that's, I mean, it's the old model. Like, you know, 30 years ago, you know, relationships therapists were saying compromise. Well, you know, the main um, rudder of our show is the word and. It's, it's really about me saying this is who I am. This is what I desire. This is what I choose. You're, and you're, you're my partner giving space for that and saying, I, I hear that's what you want. And and then you giving space for your partner to say who they are and what they choose and what they desire. And if it's the opposite thing, then you see what kind of and you can find. How can you get your need met and how can you get your need met? And maybe we can create greater through that, you know, and find that place where it's actually a yes for both of us. Like, and that's really what we mean by the and is what can you find that's actually an and, A-N-D, for the both of you. And so, um, and it's tricky because here we are, 
we're, we're, we have this construct called monogamy, stay in the same relationship 50 years, that means success. But you're an infinite being living in an expanding universe and you're changing and you're growing. And like Suzanne and I, we used to play this game called, we'd call each other up and say, um, everything changed today. I'm going to be different from now on. And we would celebrate that and we'd have a, dif- we'd have a dinner. <laughs> we'd go out to dinner and it's like, tell me who you are now. Right? And like that, that ongoing space to morph and change and grow. And I see a lot of relationships where one person is doing that and the other person isn't. So this one person outgrows them. This person that they quit, you know, five years ago or even, even sometimes a year ago is no longer a match for who they're becoming. And so it's, um, but we've made that so wrong. We can't even consider that. We can't even look at that. So now I've gone on. What, what, do you, yes. what are you going to do with me? Yes. So we got to go on break. Um, okay. but we're going to come back and talk about this more. So you're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird. We'll be back. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live outside the box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and change maker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., Call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736. Or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about relationships. And I think it's interesting because before break, we were talking about how people change so much over time. You know, I mean, the first time I got married, I was 18. Um, And who I was at the beginning of our relationship versus 12 years later when I divorced him was very, very, very different person. I didn't even know who I was. And yet, for me, like, uh, like he wasn't changing with me, right? And so the thing that I needed to do in order to, uh, you know, be happy is that I needed to break up. And I think that's why we've talked, uh, we talk about 
this title breaking up is hard to do <laughs> because um because it's almost like if you're at an impasse you know what people do is they break up you know um or they try to hold on to something that isn't working well, not even looking at the actual structure or scaffolding or the actual container that they're in. And so I think in that way, Megan and I have been so brave over the years because there's been fundamental um, shifts and changes um, with us that um, that don't work in a typical traditional relationship. Um, you know, for me, I... You know, I would say I would consider I can't remember what the scale is, but basically um, I'm mostly heterosexual, but I have some um, homosexual tendencies. Right. So but mostly I'm not gay. <laughs> and so when I chose in relationship with Megan, um, we knew that we were going to have to have a conversation or we were going to have to work out my attraction to men and my body's need for sexual expression with men. And that was a very scary thing to lean into. Um, you know, um, like, it, Megan, do you want to speak to your side of that? Like your... The... Well, I would say that I have this... Uh, I've always been what I would... I guess this reality would call polyamorous. I've always, like, loved... Um, more than one person. I fall in love with people all the time. And so for me, it's not so much about like, like openness isn't so much about multiple expression as it is about the, about being able to love who I love and sort of express that in the way that feels right for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when, when Susan, Suzanne and I first got together, we actually had these conversations because we knew that a traditional sort of construct wasn't wasn't going to work. Um, and at that time, we chose to go, what, there's this, the, the two words that we played a lot with is wide versus deep. So mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in monogamy, you know, one of the things that's really cool and available in monogamy is that deep connection, that deep, soulful like where you go really in with another and you merge and you commune and like there's this really cool like love bubble you know that can that can emerge from that um that experience and we called that deep you know and why would be like oh i would like to to experience a variety of different energy i want to commune with a lot of different energies and we called that wide and at the at the time when we chose that we wanted to you know, really explore who we were together, we chose to go deep. And we knew that we chose to go deep so that when it was time to go wide, because we knew there would be a time based on who we were, there was going to be a time for us to go wide. And um, so we wanted to have a bond, like a, a, a place where we felt uh, safe and connected together um, so that when we went wide that we would stay connected. We would stay in a level of communion, connection, and um, relationship with one another. And so that's kind of what happened, <laughs> you know. But I, what I think is that, and, and, you know, as we've shared, you know, different, you know, highs and lows of our relationship on the show, and, and this is something that I want to speak to, is that 
um, the purpose of relationship is to grow. Relationship will bring up like the most intense sort of deep um, experiences of lack and in all of your childhood places of not being loving and not being acknowledged. And I mean, it will bring the, the depth of a relationship when you do that deep aspect of relationship. It will bring up all kinds of shites, you know. And in the in if you're in a growth promoting relationship, then you're growing together, and the and the purpose is growth, and so it like it works as long. In, in an infinite, if you're being conscious and you're in a conscious relationship, the purpose is expansion. If you stop growing with study, you need to change the container somehow. You need to shift the container. How I look at that is like if two plants were in the same pot, and like sometimes they really nourish and nurture each other and they promote the growth, but at some point the roots start to ungrow the pot. And so you got to go, you got to get a different pot. You got to put the plant in a different pot so it can continue to grow. So sometimes there's this place where the growth stops and we have to change how, like, where or how we're growing. We might have to get in a different pot kind of a thing, right? And so, um, what I know for, for sure is that if people could actually feel when they're, what they came to learn with a person was complete, and they could feel that rise of energy and there was space and relationship for that. Like, I love the idea of relationship being something I choose into every day. I choose to be here today. I choose to be here today. Not like, well, you married me, so by God, by law, you're required to stay. Damn it. You know? <laughs> um, but that there's, a, there's this daily choice of I choose to be here. And if it ever doesn't work for you, for me, Let's find a different way to love each other. And if people actually could feel that at the time that it was time to change the container, whatever that is, for some people it might be, oh, it's time for us to create something together. You know, we've, we've created kids, now it's time for us to create something else together. I mean, it could be, the container could be anything, right? But if we knew that, we would have no need for divorce lawyers because we'd say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being that person for me. And like, I'm so grateful and I need to love you from a different house now. Like that's, I need to love you in a different way and from a different place. Um, and and that, that the uncoupling would happen in a loving, dynamic way that actually continues to promote the growth. And so what I would say with you and I is I think that we... We were so, um, I think we got, we got kind of entangled in the same pot. We were these big, big beings that were trying to grow, trying to grow, trying to grow. And I think that for me, I feel like I missed some of the signals. Um, for instance, like many years ago, I had this yearning to live by myself. I've never done 54. I've never lived by myself. Like, I'm not sure how that happened. Like, I'm either family, roommates, girlfriends, you know? Like, that's kind of how it's been. And so, like, for the first time, um, it's like, I-, I felt that years ago, but I didn't follow it. And so I think that that created a lot of problems, you know, with you and I and a lot of conflict because I feel like we needed to grow from different pots <laughs> in order to be fully us. I don't know. How do you how do you see that? Yeah, and so it's interesting because we moved in together, you know, six years ago because it's kind of like, well, that's what you do. 
But what I would say is that, you know, living together has been a real challenge for Megan and I because she, her day to day is very, very different in her energy and her chaos and in the things that she, you know, like just like, um, like the way that she lives is very different than the way that I live. And so I like things organized and clean and orderly and quiet. And she's like the opposite of that. <laughs> so, so it was always this way of trying to kind of find the end and like not shut her down, but also honor me. And it was very challenging. And, you know, and but it was something that it's like, oh, well, we're together, so we should live together. And that's something that I really want you, all of you to consider. Like, I really realize now I will never live with a person again. Like, I mean, I never will again because I love my own space. So Megan moved out to her own apartment last week. And with a, for the first time in her life that she's on her own, and, you know, truthfully for me, it's the first time I'm on my own without children. Like, I've been single with my kids in a house, but, um, but yeah, I have not been on my own, um, uh, just me um, in a house. And so Megan found this amazing apartment in downtown Salt Lake City, um, and over the 4th of July, she moved into that. And of course, it was so interesting, right, because, um, you know, she's moving out and then, on Friday, we're, I'm like helping her take boxes to her to her place. We're shopping, you know, for furniture for her house and furniture for my house. And you know, the people that are you know in our inner circles are like, "What are you doing?" You know, because we're taking, you know, we're taking space and we're we're you know creating this space of, and time of healing for both of us to really um, bring some individuality and and to bring some. Um, healing for ourselves and to to untangle the roots of the pot, you know, um, of the two plants in the pot. And so, you know, it's so funny because it's like that's why we're saying breaking up is hard to do because even when we say we're going to take space, you know, it's, it's space our way, right? <laughs> it's like, we're doing a time of healing our way, you know, um, and and it's very unconventional. It's very untraditional, you know. I mean, as most of you know, we opened our relationship over two years ago, you know, and so um, off and on I've been dating men, you know. She's in a relationship um, with a woman in California, you know, like, and we split our time between um, different energies and, you know, there's been a lot in that. There's been a lot to uncover, to clear, to reconcile within ourselves, you know, because we were so much in the same pot. We really became very, very codependent in, you know, the seven years that we were doing um, monogamy and especially living together. And, and it really at, at some point didn't serve us. And so even though this has been like the most intense period of time in my life, it's also been the most powerful for me as far as learning who I really am, learning what it is that I truly desire in relationship, um, getting all of my needs met. You know, I mean, there's needs that I can meet for myself, but then there's also a variety of friends that I've cultivated um, and you know, relationships that I've cultivated um, and other people that give me things that Megan could never give me. And that's okay. It's like I've for years, I would try to um, kind of like show up and be like, 
fulfill my needs, Megan, fulfill my needs. I have a need for, you know, deep dive, like conversations for four hours. And she'd be, you know, Miss Megan, who's like, la, 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 let's have fun. It's not that she can't go into deep conversations. It's not that she wants to do it every other day for four hours. You know what I mean? And so that's something that I made her wrong for, that she, you know, that she tried to fulfill for me that didn't work. You know, there's things that she needs that I am, it's just not my essence to be and do, you know, and so we've given each other permission to um, to be ourselves and also to um, allow each other to find, um, to find, you know, other people in our world that will fulfill those gaps for us. And that can, for and again, for some of you, that's your friends, you know, that's your family, that's not another romantic partner. Um, for us, you know, we've chosen to explore other romantic partners. And, you know, I think that for me specifically, the jury's still out with regards to polyamory. Like, there's aspects of monogamy that I really love, um, and there's aspects of polyamory that I really love. But what I appreciate about um, both Megan and I is that we're courageous enough to break down the traditional structures and constructs and ask the questions and um, experiment and risk, you know, because it has been a big risk, you know, for a lot of um, relationships would dissolve or disintegrate um, in an exploration like this. But in truth, we would have disintegrated otherwise if we would not have chosen this path for ourselves. And in truth, I think her Megan moving out is also another expression of that. Like, I really think we would have self-destructed. We would have been the nuclear, right? We would have exploded if we would have stayed in the same house. And so, you know, it's it's that that's our... Um, that's my ask of you is to really get real with yourself and ask yourself the real questions like, does it really work for you to, to live with someone else? Does it really work for you to marry someone? Does it really work for you to be in, you know, one, um, one in a monogamous relationship? Or, you know, is there some kind of exploration that's truer for you? Can you, can you risk and, Ask yourself the question instead of just going based on what you were taught, based on what society says, you know, based on what you should do, based on what's, you know, safe to do, right? Um, so th that that's my ask of you. And, you know, it's not a path for sissies. It's really not. But me being a conscious person and always wanting to upvote in my own life, um, I have leaned into this in a way that has brought me so much information and knowledge and awareness, and I've cleared so many constructs that, that I felt imprisoned me. Um, and so for me, it's been a true expression of, of finding my essence and finding who I really am. That was so well said, love. That was awesome. Yeah. And I I mean, everybody has a way that they express that that is authentic to them. And that changes over time. One of the best descriptions of, of sexuality, which... I heard on Oprah like 10 years ago, I was like, finally, because like all the 
bi and homo and hetero and homo, momo and all of that stuff. It was like, and even like, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but you know, the LGBTQTRSTUV stuff, right, is like another <laughs> definition of another box to put oneself in. And I remember on this Oprah show, she was talking about, there was a, I think it was, um, it could have been Northrop. I can't remember the, the sexuality doctor that, that was talking. He says that, that sexuality, you know, actually we're all born to some degree with some level of bisexuality in, you know, genetically speaking in our body predisposition and in, in our environment and things like that will pull out different expressions. But that, that, that the sexuality is actually a fluid thing, that you might be completely like sort of hetero until you're like 40 and then all of a sudden this girl walks by and you're like, hi. And I think that's kind of what happened to you in a way, hon. It was like you were very much in with men and then all of a sudden this sort of energy or desire for women kind of popped up, you know, in your world. And that and it, given that, given that our expression is fluid and who we are is always expanding, then how we're, we desire to express will always change, will always expand. We're never going to be one way our whole entire life unless we're throwing ourselves in a box and shutting ourselves out, off from the world, which then, you know, we're going to get illness and disease and all kinds of manner of problems um, are associated with trying to stay the same. So we're, we're, what we're, the purpose of our show today is to, to look at all of the possibilities and options to, to honor you, to ask questions, to choose for you so that you can choose environments that promote your growth, that allow you to be you and, and appreciate your unique way of being in the world. So I think we're almost at break here. So, um, are we at break? I think we are. Yeah, we're over um, break, so, Uh oh. <laughs> you are listening to Love Life and All Things Weird. We'll be back in a moment. Are you looking for a place to create, connect, and belong? Where you have massive encouragement to be the weird, live outside the box person you truly are. If you've chosen a different path as a rebel, an innovator, a leader, entrepreneur, and change maker, you're in the right place. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan and Suzanne bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to be you. Claim your weird and live your most ridiculous life. Be sure to listen every Wednesday at noon, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How long have you been waiting to uncloak your magic? To allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible. Live Your Magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind, ignite your body, and activate the magic that is you. If you are ready to radically tap into your desires, generate more aliveness in your body and your life, then join us at a Live Your Magic event somewhere in the world. Go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today. That's M-E-G-A-N-S-I-L-L-I-T-O. This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today, and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, 
Call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or leave comments in our Facebook group, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about really creating the relationship that's true for you. And instead of, you know, selling out or settling or breaking up, you know, as your only choices, what if you could really, truly dive in, get, uh, get, get brave, get courageous and start asking the, the real questions of what's really going to make you happy? You know, like, is being single really going to make you happy? You know, if you've had that really, really tough breakup, you know, and you're still like, and it's this thing that feels like this, you know, like, you know, years of hell or something. Like, there's, I just worked with a guy last night who um, was in a relationship for three years. That was like eight years ago, and he's never dived back into relationship again because he's so scared of the hell that that was for him, right? And so, but I'm like, what is your truth? You know, and he's like, my truth is I don't want to be alone forever. You know, so it it can also go the other way. Some people can stay out of relationship and stay single because they don't want to dive into, you know, kind of the, the heartbreak of relationship that inevitably can come, you know, when you're risking when you're risking for love. And, you know, if that works for you, if singlehood works for you and it makes you truly happy, then go for it, right? But if you are trying to avoid pain, if you're trying to, you know, if you're shutting down some aspect of you for you to stay single, then I would ask you to dive into that, you know, to um, connect into yourself and to see what needs to heal, what needs to happen for you to be able to risk again in that way. Um so it can go both ways too, you know? I mean, it really, relationships are not for sissies and alternative relationships are not for sissies. It's very, been very interesting to be in an alternative relationship because, you know, when people think of open and they think of polyamory, they, they think of swingers. They think of that it's all about sex. They think that it's like, oh, well, you just want to, you know, have your cake and eat it too. You know, you want to just like be whatever, play around or whatever. Well, for me, and I would say that's true for you too, Megan, it's not about that. It's about we are really complex individuals. We're very, we're, we're, we have a lot, we love variety. We 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 really don't want to sell out. Um, I, I can I babe can I read um, the story of the monkey and the zebra? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. So in so in uh, we went to Austin for our nine year anniversary in March, and during that trip, that vacation, we were really discussing deeply what needed to happen for our relationship to be the best that it could possibly be, to really heal the trauma and the conflict of our past and to really step into something that worked for both of us. And so it really was a very intense um, time in Austin. Um, for, but during it, you know, Megan came up with this analogy that um, that she was a monkey and I was a zebra. And um, and I wrote a little story about it, and I want to read it to you all. Um, and it's uh, it's gonna make me emotional. Um, 
Once upon a time, a little more than nine years ago, a monkey and a zebra fell madly in love. This was quite a surprise for everyone, especially the zebra and the monkey. Over the years, as you can imagine, it's been tricky for the zebra and monkey because monkeys are social, like to chatter and play in trees, and zebras can't really climb trees very well, love to run fast, and camouflage well by hiding in grass. Sometimes the zebra forgets who she is and she tries to climb trees, and the monkey often attempts to run as fast as the zebra with disastrous results. Sometimes the zebra and the monkey get mad at each other for being different and not being able to give each other what the other one needs. But at the end of the day, both the zebra and the monkey just want to be 100% themselves and be in 100% allowance of each other no matter what. And so with this great, deep, everlasting, crazy love they have for each other, they continue looking for the and, even if it looks completely unconventional and impossible to everyone to everyone else. And because love is always and forever, the monkey and the zebra live happily ever after the end. And <laughs> really, I think that's what um, that is encapsulates our relationship and it encapsulates, you know, uh, I don't know of two people that are more different than Megan and I that have based into over and over and over again, wanting each other to be who we really are, to be the best of who we really are, and to figure out a way to love each other through that. And if that meant that we break up, or if that meant that we take space, or if that meant we lived in a different house, or if that meant that we have other relationships, like it doesn't matter. We're committed to being 100% ourselves and being committed to allowing the other person to be 100% them. And that takes courage and that takes faith and it takes tenacity and it takes vulnerability and it takes, um, like I've never put more effort into a relationship than I have this relationship, but I've never learned more about myself and I've never faced into all of my stuff in a way and started to heal it. I've healed so much of my shit with Megan. You know, and because of the choices that we've made. And for me, there's a depth and intensity of love and appreciation and gratitude and respect that I have for her. She's the single most um, influential person in my life, hands down. And I'm so grateful for everything that we have been through, everything that we're choosing, every challenge, every conversation, I'm so grateful for it um, because it takes me, it takes me to a space of absolute love, of absolute divine love and grace and allowance for myself and also for her. And so the journey is worth it no matter what. And I absolutely know that no matter, no matter what happens and no matter what we choose, that the love continues. I've I've, I say this all the time that I've always loved her. I love her still and I will love her forever, you know, and that there's, there's, there's nothing, that there's only, there's only good that can come out of loving someone that purely and that deeply um, and loving myself in the process of that. Wow. I'm supposed to talk now? 
<laughs> that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. And I feel the same way. You know, part of the story that we we played with and talked about was like something that we tried to do in our relationship in a way was like, so the monkeys like, you know, said to the zebras, like, come on, climbing trees are the best ever. <laughs> Poor little zebras trying to climb the tree, getting all bloody. <laughs> it's like not made for climbing the tree, right? And vice versa, like the zebras, like running through the forest and over the rocks, and the poor monkeys, like, <gasps> I can't catch up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like getting left behind, and and so it's like this way. I feel like this is the end experiment of how do you how do you genuinely appreciate another's being to the point where you don't ask them to change for you. That you actually just love, like the zebra's like, oh, aren't you cute climbing the tree? I love that you're climbing the tree. I'm going to go run now, you know? like, And, like, I feel like that's what we're finding. I think that, you know, loving each other from a different house. Um, it's not that the – and that's the, that's the thing I really want to say is that it's – Love is the constant. It's like what you said. It's like that's the truest thing, and it can only lead to greater and better. And this idea that if I don't, if I can't love you in this house, that means the love is gone, and I'm going to cut you off. And it's like no. It's like the love is growing. The love is expanding. All there is is love. And it's like we're loving each other from a different house because it's honoring. It's a way of appreciating each other's way of being. And um, and with that comes a lot of grief, grieving the old, grieving the constructs. This whole process of opening our relationship has been about unwinding the constructs of this reality, like daily. <laughs> and and that also comes with sadness and grief sometimes. So um, I love you. <laughs> I love us. I love how brave we are. And um, we're going to be, for a few weeks, we're going to be doing the show individually in honor of our loving each other from separate places. So Suzanne will be here live next week. And, um, and I don't know. If, I don't know part. <laughs> yeah, there will always be more. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. We will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Be sure to tune in for more tips and tools on how to claim your marvelous, magical life.